What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Best Women's Boxing Show, period. I am Cynthia Conte and my lovely host. And I am Giandra LaBeouf, and we are here in the fabulous city of Las Vegas. Viva Las Vegas! Viva Las Vegas! Okay, so on a serious note, before we start the we, before we start the show, uh, we know that things have been happening in the world right now in Texas, and we just want to uh, send our condolences, our prayers, our, our thoughts to all the families and um, everyone that's affected in this absolute tragedy that has happened. So um, we just wanted to start the show off. Yes, and we are thinking about all of you parents who are remaining, who have to now educate your children in a way that you never had to before. It's a really tragic time, and we just express our prayers, condolences, good vibes, good energy, and all those things. Very tragic times. It really is. You know, as as a new mother, I'm so scared. I'm scared to bring my son to school when school is supposed to be a safe place, but I hope... I hope things change. I do too. I do too. My kid is in college and it happens there too. So it happens everywhere. It's, it's happening everywhere. So prayers again to mm-hmm. those affected. Well, on a we're gonna shift segments so we don't wanna be rude um, by going into something else where uh, you know, one of our guests today uh, we're going to be talking about something that a lot of people just know her just as a boxer, uh, but she also wrote a movie. She co-wrote a movie that has caught the eyes of so many people, even the Tribeca Film Festival. Uh, Kaylee Reese is coming on. I've interviewed her, actually, uh, when she fought against Cecilia Bracus for the final HBO fight. She's such a lovely lady. Uh, She has... An incredible story. I mean, besides what she's going to talk about, uh, about her, why she's not going to be fighting, about certain issues that's going on with her mentally, physically, emotionally. Um, but the things that's going on with the tribe that she's involved, I mean, she's, I don't, I don't want to say what kind of tribes because I'm not exactly sure and I don't even know how to say it. So I'd rather have her say it. But uh, Kaylee Reese is going to be joining us very shortly, which I'm really excited because um, we've seen her talk. Through interviews. Yes. She's a very colorful. Very. And, um, you know, we're not going to bleep out everything because it, what takes the, that takes the fun out of everything. Exactly. So if you have your children, <laughs> earmuffs on, earmuffs <laughs> on, because uh, she definitely will have hers off. Yeah. And also, at the beginning, I know that um, by the time you guys see this, the Tank and Rolly fight has already happened. But this is a lead up to the fight that's happening. And we were just watching some of the, the press conference and... <laughs> Rolly just knows how to talk. He's got, he's definitely talking a, a, a good game again. Like uh, Cynthia mentioned, the fight will have already taken place. And I'm not sure if they will have seen another one of our interviews, but uh, our, our guest mentioned that boxing needs characters oh, and yeah. he is a character for sure. Yeah. Pink Tyson. We just had her on and very interesting uh, take on how, on women in boxing and then uh, the three minute rounds, the 12 minute rounds, personalities, why fights have been made, why fights shouldn't be made, why people um, are basically cowards. I mean, it, it was, I don't want to take any way from anything from that interview because that whole interview was a Tokyo shit. Fire. Fire. Fire, fire, fire. But um, yeah, so that was, that was really, really interesting. But back to Tank and Rolly. Okay. I think round three. Round three? Tank. Hmm. I love you, Rolly. But I think, you know, Tank has just got... You know what? Okay, I'm going to just say round three. I really believe Tank. But you know what? Rolly could... Like Leonard said, anything can happen. 
I feel like when the, the two of them match up, not stylistically or even pedigree or anything like that, I think it's going to be something in the a way of when Canelo fought Amir Khan. Yeah. And I feel like Roley is going to be going out there and doing some work and finding some success and landing. And then when it ends, it's going to end badly. I'm mm-hmm. going to say round five is my official pick. Uh, Tank Davis by knockout round five. It's weird because we never really pick. I try to stay away from like who, uh, what round, who's going to win. But um, I, uh, I just, hold on. Let's see. Our guest did she just text me? Okay, she's logged on. Mm-hmm. She's logged oh, on. Okay, she's getting so, ready to come yeah. in. I just I want to say one last thing about fighters and predictions and the press and predictions and things. And we know that fighters get very sensitive yeah. when people make predictions and they're like, you guys don't know what you're talking about. You never fight in your life. Then we don't know what we're talking about when we pick them to win either, right? Right. So the night cuts know. both ways. Mm-hmm. So best of luck to whoever wins and just be safe. Okay. Exactly. We're wrapping up. Okay. <laughs> Rain it in. So I'm very excited to bring on our guest, women's boxing near and dear to our heart. And we have another great champion for the sport joining us today. World champion in two weight classes, been the WBA female light welterweight title since 2020, IBO female light welterweight title. She is outspoken. She represents for the Native American community. She puts on and she don't bite her tongue. Let's bring in our girl, Kaylee Ray. What's up? What's going on? What's going on? And thank you for joining us. No problem. Thanks for having me. And you forgot to add the WBO. Oh, and the WBO. Giandra, Giandra. I know. My screen cut off. My computer went dark and I missed that part. And the WBO because we've given you all your titles and belts. Oh, no, no. And there's also one other title that you are missing. You're a a writer from Mm. your movie. Writer, actor, yeah. Oh, my God. You're a writer, actor. I mean, uh, you know, we're going to go right into what uh, I know. Screw the boxing right now because (laughs) I just watched your movie. Holy Bananas. Kaylee, it was like, um, I, I remember texting Giandra when I was watching. I'm like, holy shit, this is such a powerful, moving movie. Like, I cried. I didn't know what to expect. And, like, she's going to still watch it because mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell her the ending because I'm like, well, what happened? I'm like, oh, oh, okay. I figured the ending out. But I didn't know that sex trafficking was that prevalent in the Native American community. Yeah, um, the the film is loosely based around missing and murdered indigenous women. It's not just women that go missing, it's our people. And this is just a a form of genocide in 2022, and it's been happening to our people since the first settlers stepped this big toe on Turtle Island, Turtle Island, what we call North America and Canada. Um, Yeah, it's, it's, it's very, very prevalent. It's not something that just happens. It's an epidemic that's been happening, to, especially to our women. Our women have been targeted for so long. And um, as you know, I do what I can to use my voice, especially in a, uh, an audience like boxing, to just bring awareness to it. And it's why I fight. It's one of the me- many reasons why I fight, or why I even can find the energy or the motivation to fight at times. Um, so, we, you know, the film is in no way, shape, or form an answer to the issue. It's just an artistic interpretation of the issue and just bringing, bringing awareness to uh, a problem uh, in a different fashion. You know, people love entertainment, so using a genre film, a thriller film, and kind of adding a little boxing in there as well, it kind of, you know, it's an hour and 28 minutes. You're in and then you're out, you know what I mean? And it's a, it's a huge 
huge rush and we wanted to make it myself and a director joseph kubota vladika which is now one of my good friends um you know he wanted to make it as he quotes um unpredictable yet inevitable so we had to keep and i won't ruin the ending or anything or even the movie it's just one of those things we just had to keep it real we had to keep it real honest you know we didn't want to sexualize the issue because it's more or less um a suggest don't tell or don't show you know we you kind of know what's going on but there's no need to kind of beat you over the head with um you know activism or like a documentary style or sexualize the sex trafficking you know we kind of seen that before so um it was a hell of a process and you know i was going to do it just like i do with my fighting by any means necessary because i wouldn't get the opportunity if i couldn't handle it i like i won't get the fights unless god knows i can handle it the creator knows what i can handle and what he got the work for me so this was just another avenue to go down i mean it was such an incredible movie because uh I mean, you obviously you play, there's a boxer and your sister goes missing. And I just remember sitting there watching, I go, this can happen to anyone, 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 anywhere, anytime. And even like uh, the thought process of how the men did it. I'm like, it's mind boggling because you think of like, you've seen it in so many different movies. You hear about it. But when you actually, I think when I was, when I watched your movie, I really saw, I'm like, oh my God, it was such an eye opener that holy shit, this is like one of the biggest ways it happens by just getting them to gain your trust and then boom. Mm -hmm. And it was really, it was a really chilling movie to watch. Especially in in remote towns, Native American community issues are very near and dear to my heart. My best friend for many years is Hickorilla Apache from New Mexico. And it's a lot of these towns where the United States forgets and they strip the resources and they think they've really done the tribes a favor by giving them some giving quote unquote them some sovereign land. And there's no protection there because there's only so many eyes that can do so many things and people passing through. And it's just a very scary thing. It could be a, something as simple as going to get gas mm-hmm. and truckers and people yeah. stopping for get, getting gas. And once they pull off in those big ass trucks, you don't know what's going on. Yeah, it can happen to anybody. It's happened to people in my, you know, what we call sister tribes, in my relatives, you know, so a young girl, she was 18, she was pregnant. I mean, it's happened, it's happened to a few of my younger cousins. It's not something that just happens in one area. Mm-hmm. It happens all the time, but, you know, mainstream media doesn't put anything out there. But one white girl, God rest her soul, Gabby, went missing, and we still haven't heard the end of that. Like CNN had it on there. They were posting our face all over the place. And I, a life is a life. I'm not taking anything away from her or her family. Right. But this is the type of urgency that we need to have for our missing and murdered people. And this, everything going on with these school shootings and everything else, you know, it's bad. These, these violence is bad. Taking a life is bad, especially our children is mm-hmm. bad. But this happens to our children. As young as three years old, this happens. As old as 70, 80 years old, this happens. It doesn't just happen to women. It happens to men, boys. It happens all over the place. It happens on reservations. It really happens where these these pipelines are being dug through mm-hmm. these sacred lands, breaking treaties. What does it take to build and drill for a pipeline? It takes years and it takes a lot of manpower. And also with the manpower, you get man camps. These man camps, you get these people that want these exotic native girls and you get this sex trafficking organization that is ridiculous. It's all all tied into one. And just like these residential school children that are being uncovered there, we're in the thousands, probably like 10, 10 to 12,000 um, residential school children in these unmarked mass graves that are still being uncovered. Mm. This is all 
all connected, you know, and it's just one thing that I have a voice and I was taught as a native woman, you have a gift. If you have a voice, you speak for the ones that don't have a voice. You dance for the ones who can't dance. You fight for the ones who can't. And I'm here. So I'll fight with my voice, my hands, my feet, whatever I can until my last breath. Cause that's what I'm here for. So if you don't know about it, the way you can help is educate yourself, know what goes on, have the conversation, share a tweet, share an Instagram post, and just make this a big deal because it is a big fucking deal. Absolutely. Wow. I mean, if you guys don't know, it's called Catch the Fair One. You can catch it on, I mean, I watched it on Amazon Prime. I rented it. Uh, it was at the Tribeca Film Festival. But um, this movie is making its way. And a lot of people have been talking about it. And uh, you got to watch it. It's it's really it's really something to watch. It's It will resonate with a lot of people, especially like you just said, after these uh, shootings and whatnot. It um, will open your eye. Very powerful. Well, thank you for watching, too. I really appreciate oh, that. Thank you, man. We're going to segue. Giandra uh, and I, on a lighter note, we love, we loved, we loved your interview with your husband, <laughs> Brian Cohen. <laughs> Yeah, I already know. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a very colorful interview. Wait, um, Travis, put the camera on me. I watched it like this. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's always like, he's right upstairs. I said, y'all, I'm going to do He's like, yo, tag me in if you need me. I was like, I got you. Okay. Yeah, if you, you can wanna... come join. Oh, my God. The more, the more... The more tea you spill, the better with us. The better. Uh, but um, the one thing that I know that uh, it was a very, very important topic that, you know, there is a, you have a fight or had a fight with Chantel Cameron that has been postponed indefinitely because of your health issues. And I remember reading, it's like, oh, people are saying, oh my God, it's just a doctor's note. Apparently it's not because after hearing exactly what's happening, if you're not a female, you all don't understand. Exactly. These are some major, major issues. One punch to you, Cal uh, Kaylee, you could die. I'm mm -hmm. sorry. And your health is, is wealth. It's, it's, Health is everything. Boxing, movies, anything takes a it takes a back seat. But can you tell us exactly what happened? Uh, why your fight has been postponed because of whatever health issues that's happening with you right now? Absolutely. And um, I felt you know I was talking to, oh, for a while debating on whether or not I wanted to go public with it because these are really personal issues and I don't really put stuff like that on social media. I'm very very open. You can talk to me about anything. Um, but that was something that I just kind of wanted to keep where it was. And when it was time to tell, I wanted to tell, especially because I'm a woman athlete and this could maybe give some insight and help somebody else. But um, so to kind of backtrack all the way to age 21, um, I was diagnosed with premature ovarian failure, which basically means my body went into menopause really early with all everything that I've been going through in the last four or five months, we found out that there was an autoimmune something that attacked my ovaries and shut them down, which put me into menopause. At first, you know, they thought it was because I worked out so much. That usually happens, especially with female athletes. They ruled that out. So when I got told that, obviously going through menopause, um, I just got told I couldn't have any children. And being a woman, the one thing we're put on this earth to do is procreate mm -hmm. and to get told as a woman that I couldn't procreate. And I want, I want a whole bunch of little badass kids running around, you know, like four or five kids to get told that at 21, 22 mm. was devastating. Um, it took me a long time to be okay with it, um, to finally get to a place to accept it. Um, I didn't even want to be around kids at a certain part of my life. I was kind of, um, 
anybody who had kids. It just was really weird to me. Um, but I got to a place where I accepted it and I was like, you know, you know, creative takes away things and open up another door. Maybe there's something else I'm, I'm here for. Hence the reason why I go so hard on everything else I do, especially with boxing. I'm like, all right, this can be my baby. Um, you know, married to the game kind of a thing. But I go hard anyway. I'm a Virgo, so I got to go hard. Yay, hey, shout but, out to the Virgos. Hey, hey, hey. You must be a neat <laughs> freak, too. Oh, <laughs> it's annoying. It's, kind of, it's like a sickness. Man. Yeah. But um, I got to a point where I was okay with it and settled in. And then, you know, I didn't have a cycle, obviously. It was kind of cool because I, I was like, great. I don't have to fight and have my period. This is great. Um, but nine and a half to almost 10 years, that motherfucker came back. It came back like, excuse me. No, we're here again. I, I thought I was broken first. Funny story. I was sparring with a uh, kid. Um, his name is Elijah Pacer. He was from Rhode Island. Really good amateur and he turned pro. He hit me with a body shot. And I was like laughing like, ha, 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 you broke my vagina. And he was like, ha. The next day I got up on the toilet and I was bleeding. I was like, oh, shit. Nah, he really did something. Was it a heavy period or just like a normal type of period? Oh. It was like a, a, it was, I was spotting, but I ain't seen nothing else but other stuff came out of there for a long time. So I was like, I'm broken. You broke it. I'm gonna fuck you up. You broke my vagina. <laughs> so I went to the doctors. They checked everything out. They was like, well, you know, it, 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 everything looks fine. And then I went to my gynecologist, checked everything up there. Everything was, you know, fine. And she verbatim was like, I don't know. You're just weird. It came back from time to time. You're like a unicorn. I'm like, don't know if that's a medical, technical term, but I'll fucking take it, whatever. So um, I had my regular cycle kind of even itself out. Um, you know, I was going about life. But then the last two years, it started getting fucking weird. It was like really heavy and then things were looking like aliens. And then I would have a <laughs> oh long case. Like, I was like, yo, there's something going on. <laughs> I don't know what it is. And to give you a little background, too. I, um, I'm married to a man, but I was with, like, I was engaged to a woman for five and a half, six years. So I, when that happened, I was with my ex-fiance and I was like, maybe we need to figure this out. I don't know what's going on. So it wasn't anything like that, but I was going through my motions and then just things started getting really weird. I started getting really long, heavy periods and would spot in between. I used to be lined up with the full moon and new moon. Now it's every fucking moon. It was just getting really crazy. So last year, was a heavy year training and training other people and just traveling. A lot of things went on last year. Um, but I was really quiet. I didn't really even tell Brian. Again, Brian is my husband, but he's also my best friend of many, many years, as you guys can see how we are. But um, I didn't say anything because I didn't feel right. But I was like, I'm not going to not fight because, you know, women's boxing, if I get an opportunity, I'm hopping on it. So um, my fight against um, Prozac for the IBO, yeah. I was sick as all hell, but I didn't, again, didn't want to say nothing. I was like, whatever. I had a chest uh, um, infection, which caused me to go into panic anxiety attacks oh, during wow. sparring because my, my chest was burning. I was like, I can't breathe. Oh, I can't breathe. It was fucking a da disaster. So that fight was way too close for comfort. And I thought it was just because I was sick. I'm like, I don't have a lot of energy, even training. I just, energy was just low, get drained out of me. Um, and then as you can see, I was great grateful that my fight against Kamara was fan friendly but that shit was close to tell that was like the gaudy ward of all fights yeah. i'm telling you right now i felt like somebody sucked the energy right out of my body i looked up at the cod girl she was holding round four i was like oh fuck me i don't know how i'm gonna do this but um after that fight i was like okay something's really fucking wrong 
Brian sat me down and was like, listen, you ain't fighting until we figure that shit out because you're not fighting until we figure that shit out. I'm not going through that. That man probably had 18 heart attacks in the fucking corner, ripping his hair out. Like, God bless that I have the ability and I knew I had it, but I had to really use it to dig down into another fucking realm of the universe to pull that shit the last two rounds and championship rounds. Because I'll tell you right now, I was going to die in there before I was going to quit. I re- but we knew something was wrong. I remember watching that fight and you looked really exhausted. And I mean, credit to both of you. You guys were fighting like a gaudy ward. But I've, I mean, I've seen you fight. I, I mean, I interviewed you for uh, when you fought break was for the final HBO fight when I, I interviewed for Ring. And um, mm-hmm. I've seen your style and I, I've seen you exhausted, but this particular fight, you were like exhausted, exhausted. And I'm like, she didn't throw that many punches and she didn't get hit that hard in order for you to be like like out on your feet already. And I, I remember yeah. seeing that. I remember seeing that on the timeline too. And I remember Lou DiBella even tweeting, um, she looked something about being tired, but she's, you know, she's still, she's, she's uh, Kaylee. She's going to get in there and just dig deep, which you did. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah, I did. And I knew I had, I knew I had it in me, but that's something that, you know, as a fighter, you don't want to have to do too many times. You don't want to hear, oh, that was a fucking war too many times either. So, we just made the decision and again I didn't I kind of didn't disclose exactly how I was feeling through this whole last two years to Brian because I'm like whatever opportunities for, uh, present themselves especially the way that women's boxing is going now I'm not going to say no I'm going to figure it out because that's just how I've been that's how I'm bred that's how I'm made that's, I'll figure it out even with the um the IBO fight against Prozac that card would have fell apart well the card almost did completely fall apart and I was going to say I can't fight because I'm sick, but there was two fights that ended up falling out. One being Jessica Kamara against Bustos for the WBO. So I was the only, there was only like five fights. So if I wouldn't have fought, the whole card would have been like tossed out. We wouldn't have the IBO, the WBO available to us to fight for. Mm-hmm. The whole tournament might have gotten ruined. So I was like, I'm just not going to say nothing. I'm just going to fight. I'm going to figure it out. But at the, the lot, it was just way too much. Even training wise, I just, I didn't feel the same. I was always tired. I was like, what? I train like a dog. Like, this is what I do. So I started getting tests. Um, it's been a long journey. Um, I went to my primary care doctor, got a bunch of tests. She sent me to a gynecologist. She was like, what the fuck? And then, so now I'm with the endocrinologist and the team, as well as other health issues I have with my digestive system, which has been something I've been dealing with all my life. Um, So because my endocrinologist suggested that it was something autoimmune that attacked my ovaries and like, like, fuck you ovaries. I was like, all right, maybe it's something autoimmune because I got all these digestive systems. When I have symptoms, when I say digestive issues, yo, my farts could peel the paint off your wall sometimes. Like, it was bad. Like, I was like, something is fucking wrong with me. I need to figure this shit Brent. out, yo. So we ran the gamble with that. Everything pretty much came back okay. I have IBS, but they give everybody a diagnosis of IBS. They don't know what's wrong with you. So we ruled that out. Um, I had all kinds of procedures. Now, mind you, I live in Philadelphia, but my doctor's are in Rhode Island, so I have to drive five hours every time I need Damn. to go see a doctor. So I got to drive there, stay with my mom, and go figure things out. And all the procedures I was having, and I've never even had a tooth pulled. So having all these surgeries and procedures, I've never, ever had any. So I was like, yeah. But I can't be by myself after them. So I had to fly Brian there. It was just, it's been 
it's been quite the journey. So with all of these issues that you've had, you've kept very quiet. You you know you have to do medicals in order to do any of the fights that you've been in. I and I mean now that you've come forward with it, did you just hide it from them, or or just never disclose it? There's nothing in our medical protocols, as far as I can see right now, specifically for females. I'm not suggesting it should be, but you know we get a HIV hepatitis um, test, we get MRIs, we get CAT scans, physicals. They cover. I mean, in every sanctioned body, every state, every um, sports commission is different. So we do keep up update our our medicals, but this is something specifically um, that we get tested for. So as far as you know, the medicals are concerned, my blood work is just a simple simple blood work, MRI, just simple. Um, I don't get anything extensive. None of us do. Some boxing commissions are like, you have a heartbeat? Okay, good. Um, I've been in that situation in Spain. That shit was crazy. But um, yeah, I just, I tell them, you know, I have whatever, whatever, and they kind of just go about it. And I'm just not one to have, like, I don't want a medical problem to be an excuse. You know what I mean? I never have a excuse. But that is you a know very me. big excuse. I, I mean, it, it, it can so save bad. your life, Kaylee. <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I'm just the one like watching out for you. And I'm just one of very few or very many that I'd rather see you sit out than anything else happen to you in the ring because of a medical issue. Like, fuck everyone. True. Yeah, you'll eventually fight, but you need to get better. Yeah, no, that's, and that's where we're at now. I mean, you know, my, God bless my, my bestie husband. He saves me for myself training wise. And like this wise, I agree with him because I know my body and it's not like this one fight or this one camp or this one time I was feeling bad. No, I know for a long time that my body just hasn't been right. Estrogen is responsible so much. And when I don't have ovaries, I don't produce any estrogen. So since I was 21, I haven't, the fact that I look the way I do, I, it just must be genetics because estrogen is responsible for building muscle. Like, old lady like i've been like an old lady in a little young lady body for a long time it's responsible for so much um i haven't had it you know it just hasn't been produced so i've been kind of just winging it and kind of just you know from the strength of the creator and what i i got but now at this point because it's so prevalent especially because you know i am married i do have a step job i do want a life outside of boxing and other careers that i just had to stop and i have the I, you know i'm in a position now i fought and clawed my way to the position I'm in now. Yeah. To be 35 years old, to have the record that I have, to be in the game for almost 14 years. I'm, and I can confidently say, I'm one of the most relevant fighters right now in women's boxing. I'm in a position where I can have people move up to 40. I can have people come down from 47. There's so much. I'm in the mix with so much that this is what I fought to. This is where we all fought to get in that position. So, you know, going into this fight, I'd be a dumbass if I thought I could go into an elite level fight with Chantel Cameron at 50% and just kind of wing it. Yeah. Not taking anything away from Dinah Prazag or anything away from Jessica Kamara because I absolutely love Jessica. She's one of my friends. But it was one of those things that I'm like, all right, experience wise, I, I know I got, I'm going to figure this out. You know what I mean? And that wasn't a wise decision at all. I shouldn't have done, done even that. I should have said, you know what, I need to get checked. But I kept it quiet. I learned my lesson. And now I know I'm in the position where I'm like, all right, I need to take a minute, handle myself, find out what's wrong. If I had a, um, an injury to my shoulder, if I broke my leg or something, it's easy. You go, you broke your leg, you have to have surgery, you have six to eight weeks to recover, and then you can start training again. I'm not in that position. I'm in a, we're going to give you this. We're going to give you this for your thyroid. We're going to give you this. We're going to stop bleeding here. We're going to do this. All this stuff. It's like a, a trial and error I'm going through right now and basically a waiting game. Because I can wake up tomorrow, my body be like, no, fuck you. You're going to bleed for three days and then you're going to be tired. So it's like it started turning into a mental health issue. 
Yeah. Because when I started going through all this again, um, it brings up that thing about kids again. I have to talk to this endocrinologist and she's like, well, what's your primary concern? Is it your health or do you want to try to have children? I'm like, well, it's my health, but I, can I have children? What, what, wait, mm-hmm. I thought I couldn't kind of a thing. So we're toying back and forth with that. My system is just, I, you know, they, they put me on so many things and I don't like taking pills, but I'm listening to my doctors so we can just do run the gamut and make sure we know exactly what's wrong. But when you put me, when you put somebody in my position on um, certain kind of hormones that I haven't had in 12 years, yo, I have titties that I don't know what to do with. Like I got cleavage and I'm like, whoa, 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 we got to chill with this, man, what's going on? So that's another thing, you know, I, I let my body chill. So I'm like, all right, let me just relax, gain a little weight, weight, relax, be regular for like a month and maybe my body will kickstart. You add that on top of the wintertime. And then these hormones and all all this mental stuff, you know, I, I'm walking around in a middleweight right now. You know what I mean? So that's another thing that affects my job as a fighter. I'm on all this medication. I can't that's fight like this will. right now. And yeah. I just, I can't, I can't right now. And until we figure out exactly how to fix this issue or these issues, I have to just kind of wait. Do you think I want to wait? Man, I want to fight. I want to fight. I want to feel like me again, but I can't right now. So with experiencing all these health issues, and we've interviewed a few other uh, female boxers, including one of your old foes, Maricela Cornejo, and she talked about, you know, uh, taking her implants out and how that was affecting her health. And women, we have a whole host of health issues that people will just not understand unless they are a cis, a cis female. That's yeah. the correct term, right? So when you see discussions people have about things like three-minute rounds, longer rounds, as a fighter and as somebody who's undergone and currently undergoing these type of health conditions, what are your thoughts when people discuss that, why you should be doing that and parity and all those things that come with those discussions? A lot of people that come up with these asinine fucking topics of people who just now are hopping on the women's boxing train. They mm-hmm. got a loud mouth and they just, they just been women's following women's boxing for two years. Women's boxing been around for a long time and I'm in a weird era where I've been, you know, I went pro in 2008 with boxing, women's boxing was like, ugh, like we were trying, but now it's on such a, you know, a, a crazy blaze trail right now. And I can't wait to see how it progresses far after I'm gone. You know what I mean? So I kind of, I self-dub myself like the J. Cole of boxing. You know, he's been around for mad long. He's relevant. He got mixtapes, he got albums. And if you go against them, you probably get fucked up still, no matter how long you've been around. Yeah, hey. (laughs) (laughs) But as far as that, you know, it's not a, a case of, are we capable of fighting three minutes? We're very highly capable of fighting three minutes. That's how we train, train three minute, three minute rounds, 30 second rest. It's not that. I think, and this is my personal opinion, um, because of the, the way women's boxing is going, not everybody's still a women's boxing fan. However, name me one fight that you saw that was women's boxing, not skill, that was boring or a bad fight. And even if it was, it was only two minute rounds. So it was over a lot faster. Not saying that, you know, there's horrible fights or whatever. But we're still trying to get networks in the world to accept women's boxing as just boxing. So we need to see more female cards. If you put three minute rounds on an eight to 10 female fight, that's more time in a card. That's more time on TV. Networks and promoters may not be up to put maybe two, three or four female fights on their card. Also, I'm not doing more work for the same fucking pay. So y'all need to pay us that part. You know what I mean? I just personally, I'm not. 
Would I like to? Absolutely. Had I had a three-minute round with Cecilia Breakus, the bitch would have been retired. Yes, I called her a bitch. Nice bitch. Whatever. <laughs> but I said bitch. And it's what it is. I have no beef. It's just a term of endearment. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but if you, I think right now the step that needs to be taken is adding those two extra rounds for world title fights and mm. undisputed fights. I think those two, those 12 twos is going to ease it into number one, being fan friendly, promoter friendly, uh, network friendly. And you might see a lot more stoppages, knockouts. Those two extra rounds are going to add a lot more excitement. It's going to be taken more seriously. We're going to do the same amount of rounds as guys do. However, the two minute rounds, man, we got to get in and get out. There's not much defense. We just beat the shit out of each other. So I don't think three minute rounds, in a logistical sense, in a uh, financial sense, and just doesn't make any sense yet. Okay. However, when we get to that point, I think, yeah, absolutely. Why not? But y'all need to pay us. You know what I mean? I'm not against it at all. There's been plenty of three-minute round female fights. There's not like no one's done it. It's just, you know, we gotta, it got to make dollars. It got to make sense. And it got to... I think, you know, like, if there's two more X rounds, then Michaela Mayer, Alicia Bum going to fight, you know. There's so many fights that if they just add those two X rounds, I think that'd be, let's start there and see how it happens. You, you just mentioned uh, Mayer versus Baumgartner. I mean, we had them on our show, and my God, they were talking so much shit to each other, and I loved it. We loved it. Uh, but uh, when that fight eventually goes down uh, in a couple months, who do you got? Yo, I am such a Alicia Bumgarner fan. I am such a Michaela Mayer fan. Um, I was so happy for Alicia when the world seen what she's capable of because I had the pleasure of um, working with her when I was in uh, Ivana Hobbison's camp. And I'm like, yo, this girl's a beast. She's a problem. Um, but I love Michaela Mayer. And I love the fact that she don't give a fuck. And she can box. And she can brawl. And she's just all around a really good fighter. I think... Alicia may have a problem, may have a problem with her height and her boxing. Mm. However, Alicia is her ring IQ, um, her strength, her ability to move. That's one of those that I'm like, yo, I just want to see the fight. I hate to sound like that person, but I, and then Alicia's power, if she lands them, if she has the game plan to break Michaela Mayer down, can she even get broken down? You know what I mean? The opposition that Michaela Mayer first, uh, versus Alicia's opposition is kind of like little things that you look at. Um, is I this, really, I can't. Is it a 50-50 fight? I say it's a 50-50 fight. I love Alicia. Like, she is a problem. However, I also do like Michaela. <laughs> she's a fucking problem. You know what I mean? It's one of those 50-50 fights. And, um, ah, man, it's, I'll just leave it at that. I just want to be there. Which I'm here for all the shit talking. I know that's right. <laughs> Which so okay, so we recently had Katie Taylor versus Amanda Serrano, also a 50-50 fight. What do you think is the if you had to compare the two on paper, what is the more competitive fight? Well, after Michaela Dunn came out guns a blazing with Hamadouche. Um Maybe the Katie Taylor. Katie Taylor versus Amanda Serrano is probably the closer. It's probably going to stay closer. Um, it, it, I think Kayla Mayer and Alicia Bumgarner, there's going to be a separation at some point of who's going to dominate more. I think there's going to be more of a separation. But, but Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano, they do it again. It's going to be close again. You know what I mean? It's going to be close again. They're going to change the game plans. They're going to work hard. Um, Katie can crack. She can take a punch. Uh, she's one of my regular sparring partners. And uh, Amanda's just a fucking beast. You know what I mean? So I think 
there's there there will always be the closer fight in my opinion Okay, and then also we just saw that Clarissa Shields finally is going to get her fight with Savannah Marshall September 3rd. Uh, that's the that's the grudge match that's finally going to go down. Uh, <laughs> someone's amateur record, fine, it, it's going to be put to bed. Who cares that Clarissa Shields lost a stupid amateur? Clarissa's already like two-time gold medalist, uh, th- th- what, two or three-time undisputed. Like She has so many freaking accolades. This, this Savannah, can Savannah uh, knock out uh, Clarissa? How, how will this fight end? I think Savannah has a very unique style. I'm a fan of her style. I love Savannah's style. And she's, I didn't realize how fucking tall she was. I seen in the UK. I was like, well, hello there. Really? Is she that tall? Oh, yeah. She's, I mean, I'm 5'7. She's, she's a, a big person. You know what I mean? And so isn't Clarissa. Man, listen, Clarissa is a fucking problem. She has the mouth. She can back it up. Her speed yeah. and her way to counter and her ring IQ and the fact that she settled so lovely into the pro style right now um and she she's used to having grudge matches quote unquote that type of energy to fuel her yeah, i mean the, her her life story like that's how she fights that's what she fights for i mean i don't know her personally that well i know her personally but i know that's what fuels her so this all this shit talking that's not something that's gonna rattle a cage whatsoever savannah doesn't look rattled in interviews but who knows I think that fight, I, I think Clarissa's speed and ability to counter is going to be a problem for her. Now, Savannah's a big girl. I mean, if she gets clipped when she with something she don't see, she might, like she did with the, um, the Hannah Gabriels, but that was one of those you don't see. But Savannah hits hard as hell, and I think it might be a little tough for Savannah to settle in her style with somebody like Clarissa. She might have to, like, we haven't really seen anything else from Savannah, like a difference in her style, if that makes sense. So I'm really interested to see what her plan A, B, and C is because I'm sure Clarissa got plan A, B, C, D, and F <laughs> fucking fight. You know what I mean? So, um, like I said, I'm a fan of both. I'm going to go with Clarissa on this one. I think her speed and the, and the ability to uh, switch it up, be faster on her feet because she's making some changes with her feet. Um, I think I think she has uh, the ability to beat her. So I'm going to go with Clarissa on this one. Okay, and then we have, I mean, there's a couple more things, but I know we're going to have to wrap soon, sadly. Uh, we saw one of our favorite fighters, Miss Ebony Bridges. You have been in her corner. I want to know how the, how you guys came about, you you ending up uh, being part of her team, and I know that's part of your traveling. I see you in the corner, um, and she's one of those those ladies that we love in boxing. She's got big mouth. Of course, she got big titties, but she got, a, she got some. <laughs> she can back her shit up in the ring, and we love her. And also, can you put a good word for us we yes. really want we've i've been trying to slide in her dm she don't respond to my dms <laughs> i really man, want her to slide in the dm man it's ridiculous she's a, an amazing yeah amazing person man i absolutely love her. she's another virgo too oh is she okay yeah she is i absolutely love her um so i've been getting managed by brian since 2016 and he's like the king of queens when it comes to managing back he does so much work behind the, the scenes so he started managing her and back in 2020 he had her fight out in Indiana, um, which she made her American debut, yeah. and um, she came to Philly. I was in Rhode Island, but she had come to Philly two weeks prior to that. And he showed me her fight, and then he showed. Then she was working with my ex coach and Brian, and just tweaking a few things. But he told me what he tweaked, and I was like, "Oh, she could fight, whatever." And then I commentated the fight, and I knew what they worked on, and she impressed me so much. I'm like, 
oh, okay. She was only with y'all for two weeks and she did those. She listened so well. It's insane. And she absolutely loved boxing. So from there we met and then she just loved working in Philly. And she's probably the only one that's ever come to Philly as, as far as fighters, male and female goes, that ever hopped in a camp with me that could hang with me. We, wow. we train like dogs here. Like people usually leave here with the tail between their legs. Like we train crazy over here. Not saying anybody else does, but there's been nobody else that could hang with me training. And she came back, moved her whole life to Philly, and we clicked. And then, um, you know, I work corners. So I've been working corners. Um, for a while now and help training other fighters with Brian and just learning, you know, tricks of trades and when I retire, I can do some other things, but um, she would like to pick my brain. So we just, I started helping Brian train her while I was training and it just kind of just gelled together. We're like one little happy family. She calls us mom and pop. It's funny. <laughs> But, um, she's, a, she's a delight to have a while. She is great because I remember during pandemic, that's when um, everyone had to be out for themselves, put themselves out on um, Instagram. And she really promoted herself that she would be in her basement hitting tires. And I was like, who is this girl? She got big boobs. She's blonde and she's hitting tires as her as her heavy bag. And, and, and she really self-promoted herself and she got herself on Eddie Hearn's cards and good for her. And now she's a world champion. She has Mark Tibbs in her corner. Uh, you're in her corner. And we would love to see, I mean, Jamie Mitchell, I know we saw that all these people calling out the champ, but Jamie Mitchell, obviously she has a belt and we would love to see that fight because, you know, we want um, a unification and undisputed, obviously. But um, can you just tell her, please, we're we, a fellow Virgo yeah, and a Taurus that gets I'm along with Virgos. We Virgos. would really love to have her on the show because she's so lovely. And I just want her to talk her shit and just just be Ebony. We yes. love her. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'll I'll, uh, I'll hit her up when, we, when we end this. But yeah, she's um she the whole self promoting thing. Like she's a genius. She's a really smart girl too. She's funny as hell. She's Aussie, and Aussies just don't give a fuck. I absolutely <laughs> love them. So, um, yeah, I'll I'll let you know. I'll, I'll, I'll let her know. Okay. Well, I want to see maybe next time you're gonna go join her on SAS uh, Aussie that show that she she went on when she could you could she could hang with you. Can you hang with her in one of those kind of shows? I could because I'm competitive, but I'm not voluntarily getting fucking pepper sprayed. I, 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 I'm a person of color. I've had that part. Yeah. Oh, well, Kaylee, I, we wish we could talk to you longer, but we're going to have to, whenever you're in Vegas, the Brown Table Talk is open it for is you, open. This is you and your space. husband. Sorry. And um, it's uh, such a pleasure to talk to you and get to hear your story and why, Chantel, the fight is off. But eventually we're going to see you in the ring when you are healthy. Yes. Promise? Absolutely. Thank you. Absolutely. Yes. I'm going to listen, guys. Okay. <laughs> All right, Kaylee. Uh, make sure you guys tune in. Check out her movie on Amazon Prime, Catch the Fair One. Check out her fight. Check out her Instagram and her Twitter because that girl goes off. She knows how to talk her shit. And um, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and thank you so much. We appreciate your time, Kaylee. Thank you for having me. Hopefully next time we'll get the times right so we can chat longer. <laughs> but it was a pleasure. Thanks for having me on here. All right. Thanks, sure. Kaylee. Uh, she's, Thank such, you. she's such a pleasure. I mean, she's so great. And I know, sadly, we're going to have to wrap this up because we're out of studio time. But Giandra, thoughts? Yes. Uh, amazing. I'm looking forward to settling down this weekend and watching her movie. I love that she's so in touch with the Native, Native American uh, community. I want to talk about Rhode Island when she comes back. Andrade's from there. Maybe she'll yeah. give us some tea on that. But she, and, you know, there's lots to talk about and more but yeah wrap. yeah and sadly yeah we do okay guys another one in the can of best women's boxing show period make sure you t uh, like share subscribe all of our videos right now on all of our socials and our podcast again john it was
always a pleasure. I am Cynthia Conte. And I'm Gianjo LaBeouf. See you guys at the fights. Bye, guys. <laughs>